And we're live on this uh, Friday, January 8th, Illini Basketball Podcast, of course. And it's episode number 43, halfway to 86, of course. Very good news there that we are uh, really, really jumping here. The news everybody's been waiting for. We'll be halfway to 88 soon. (laughs) So that's a plus. Can't wait. Making sure that my mic's working. That's why I was... uh, Checking the uh, the YouTube feed, but uh, we do have a little bit of a new look. It looks kind of weird now that I think about it, but I think we'll stick with it for this one uh, and go from there. But a lot Why of does it look weird. It just I don't know. It, 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 the I lights match match my lights. I think it's cool. Well, I suppose that it's cool. I guess uh, bigger and better things coming. Yeah, going forward. That's, I mean, I guess that's true. And I also have to share it on Twitter. I always forget to do that, of course. And you're on top of that every time. I I'm am. not, which is not that's a good why You way. guys should follow me at T Bramley IBP. And my mic is turning without me uh, moving it. So that's good, too. So it's it's all going well thus far. But um, yeah, solid start. You know, we had the intro video there. So that's that's cool, right? I mean, everyone else uses it on StreamYard. Why shouldn't we? Uh, everyone that I've ever seen use this feature uses that exact intro, and I think we should join that club, and we did. So there are only one intro. Uh, yeah, that's all I can do is uh, the that one. So there you go. Um, so Illinois last night. So we're doing this night after the game. Should remember everything that happened. It was a weird game, a wild game, yes. uh, a game that was. Lacking consistency, which Illinois is very good at doing uh, these days. Lacking effort most of the first half is what it. It was horrible. Probably was the worst right. worst first half they've had all year for sure. Yeah, um, with the best second half. So uh, sure. Illinois wins eighty one to fifty six. Take care of business. Um, and uh, you know what was that twenty twenty five? That's twenty five point win. You had uh, yeah. you had fourteen. I had eighteen. So. I win that based on closeness. Is that how it works? Okay. I think that should be how it works. Uh, let's go ahead and start with this one, which is they spelled Io's name wrong on the uh, jersey, the back of the jersey. So I have the picture right here. Terrible. Look at that. I mean, that's terrible. Desumnu? Desumnu. <laughs> and he's, this is his junior year. It's not like he's a freshman and he's the best player. And First time out. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is just uh, – that's as bad as it gets, and I can't believe that nobody – the only reason that I ever saw this was because when I was watching that video that they posted this morning, uh, someone said, are we just not going to talk about how Io's name is spelled wrong? Crazy. And then I noticed it. So I Yeah, I didn't notice it until you brought it up. So Yeah, props to whoever had that on Twitter and uh, nailed that one. Uh, ben Darling on YouTube switched places. I don't know what that means. But are we usually on the opposite sides? No, I well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Good job. I didn't think about that. We're also at the State Farm Center, as you can see in the background. Correct. So yeah. we're there. Uh, player of the game. Player of the game. Uh, my player of the game is going to go to uh, Kofi. <laughs> Kofi Coburn. Uh, solid 18-point game, 8 of 9 shooting. He uh, was 50% from the line. He only had 4, but I'll take 50% over not making any. And uh, 12 rebounds. Um didn't get many rebounds in the first half. I think it was a big part of why Illinois struggled. Um, but second half, he was 6-6 six six from the field, had 13 points and 10 rebounds. And if you did watch the game last night, uh, Northwestern second half, they had a whopping 13 points and 12 rebounds. So Kofi almost outplayed the whole team by himself. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like he really struggled, uh, first half, uh, boxing out, going after balls. I think the whole team did. I mean, it was pretty clear that this was two, it looked like two different teams, but, uh, another double, double for him. And, uh, and you know, if I could, I would probably, if Underwood was a player, I would probably give it to him because whatever he did to get this team going, uh, he deserves something because, uh, it was abysmal start off, but uh, Kofi about the game uh, said, I've never been a part of anything like that. You saw it. You saw how we reacted. I was in awe, man, just being on the floor, watching that happen and being part of it. It was a really good feeling uh, talking about how, you know, the team changed it in the halves uh, and, and what they did uh, to, to come back and win this game and not only win it, 
um, win it handily somehow after being down 15 and a half. So. Well, that's one of the first games that I've seen in conference where a team is losing by that much at the half and they win by even more than that. So yeah. I don't know how Northwestern comes back from this. What a swing. I don't, yeah. How do you I mean, have two field goals in an entire half? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean and that's a, yeah. I mean, props to Illinois' defense, but yeah, Northwestern couldn't make anything. And also, uh, basically, Northwestern took Illinois' terrible play in the first half and played twice as bad as that in the second half. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, and I think Illinois, the key is that if if they're um, if they play better or if they played a better team in that game, they're losing by 25 or by 30 at the half instead of 15. So the fact that it was only 15 helped it. But yeah. uh, their first they still time gave up 43. Four. I mean, yeah. you're not going to give up, you know, 60 to somebody probably. So, um, but yeah, giving up 43 is, is tough. So. Yeah. And uh, the amount of turnovers they had in the first half was uh, ridiculous. Embarrassing. And, uh, not good. Was. No. So. They tend to turn the ball over a lot. Yep. I think so, Kofi was the, the big, Kofi was the big factor in kind of, uh, energizing the team he got to a quick start in the second half seemed like he was having a good time obviously he's gonna because there's like one or two teams that have anywhere near the physicality to be able to slow him down underneath and I think Northwestern had a pretty good plan against him in the first half now it helped that Illinois was trying those over-the-top passes that would be picked off instead of going underneath but Illinois Adjust, yeah, actually was, adjusted a little the, bit. In the three-two zone was giving them fits for yep. a, a good portion of that first half. So, and they didn't. Northwestern started out not using that in the beginning of the second half. After Illinois scores a quick eight, they go back to it, and it doesn't matter, which right. is a good sign. Good teams do that. Illinois actually made an adjustment somehow. How about yeah. that? Under that's what I'm saying. Underwood second second up for player of the game. Probably Underwood. his best coaching job in a while. Sure, I can see maybe that. since the Michigan State game when Michigan State was number five, Iowa's freshman year. Mm-hmm. It's a good coaching job in that game, but whatever. Yeah. So your Got player it. of the game obviously was Kofi too. Um, I, don't, I don't think we need to talk about that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Illinois, I mean, I mean, you look at the players and what happened, and I mean, you look at them all, and you just think, you know, the the first half was just ugly it, there wasn't a guy that had a good first half um frazier uh started off i think he took the first shot for the team uh missed like back-to-back threes uh, but he ended ended uh he was one for five in the first half um ended up three for eight from three made all five of his free throws though um and he had 14 points so frazier you know re- reaching those double digits that's that's what you want from him um he did have two turnovers uh as you mentioned, this team struggled in the turnover category, and a big part of that, I think, uh, was Curbelo. Curbelo wasn't – Curbelo showed he was a freshman last night, I feel. Um, I, I put down that it was a slump. I'm, I'm going to call it a one-game slump or, or you know, whatever you want to call it, but uh, just not not the Curbelo that we've, we've, you know, loved all year and that, you know, we were really happy about. Um I, I've questioned him, you know, I, I love his game and what he does, but when he gets around the hoop, he makes some, some not great decisions. Um, and he was one of four in the first half. Uh, got a steal, I believe, went down and tried to do some reverse lay. I mean, I know he made one of those this year, but uh, I, I'd rather him take a high quality shot or at least pull it out and, and get a chance to do something better. Um, and then he took a three that, I, I mean, it looked like Georgie shot it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even sure it hit the rim. Um, that's just not his game. Uh, and, and it was the only one he took. I get it. But uh, he was on the bench quite a bit this game, um, considering the time that he was getting. Um, he only had 19 minutes, uh, but he had six points and still led the team with seven assists. So he's still, still you know, dropping dimes, but uh, had four turnovers. And I, I'm not sure uh, – I have a hard time finding halftime turnover stats, um, but I didn't, were all four of those in the first half? 
Well, he hardly played in the he second half. He didn't play much in the so second half, yeah. Um, he played he got he got a turnover, he got that steal. Yeah, he had two steals. Um, you know, so yeah. he he's still he's reading other teams' offense as well, and he's doing things. Um, but but a, a lot of his freshmen showed last night, I thought. He's um, like a typical freshman where I think in a couple of years he'll have it all together and he'll right. make less mistakes, and that is when um he'll be looked at as like an elite point guard in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um, so, it, you know, it is what it is. It, you, freshmen are going to have those games. We've been dealing with Miller having game off games for a while. So uh, we'll, we'll let it slide, I think, um, especially after a victory. Um, I thought Grandison was a good guy off the bench last night. Uh, he, he seemed to spark the team a little bit more. He didn't you know, overly do anything crazy, but he brought some good energy, uh, made a three, uh, grabbed an offensive rebound, which Illinois, I think, had 10 offensive rebounds, and Kofi had five of those. So um, Grandison did did snag one of those, which I always think helps the team a bunch. Um, and uh, he was he was kind of the guy instead of Hawkins. I, it, it just seems to change I, every game. Um, Hawkins got three minutes. Didn't, I don't think he ever did anything wrong in those three minutes. But uh, I guess – you know, Grandison was just playing harder and his energy showed. So Grandison got, you know, the, the, the most time out of those two uh, with 12 minutes. So uh, again, good numbers for him. Um, nothing real crazy, nothing stupid. And if he's shooting, I mean, we'll take him all, all the time. I'm, I'm fine with that. But um, DeMonte was, was pretty DeMonte, you know, two of four from three. Uh, sadly, that's going to drop his percentage down a few points because, you know, he can't keep it up there at 69% or whatever it is. But um, definitely, uh, definitely, you know, did what he does. Uh, you said that he hurt his ankle. I, I missed that, apparently. Yeah, it was towards the end of the first half. Okay. He was kind of limping down the court, and okay. Underwood just let him keep going. Yeah. Didn't stop the uh, – didn't call timeout <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Just like deal with it, boys. I don't know how you missed that. That was like a minute and a half. He was hobbling up and down the court. Yeah. yeah. But he was fine in the second half. So yeah. Um Ben Darling, Grandison is becoming my favorite bench piece. Uh I would agree with that. I mean, I don't. When, he, when he's good, he's he's good. Um, and I think his experience over Hawkins makes him a little bit better in situations like this, um, where the team is struggling. I don't think Hawkins can do that as much. Who do you think? Who do you think is the uh, favorite bit? Who's your favorite bench piece? Well, I I have. If we're going to rank the four that mainly come off the bench, Grandison's fourth. Really? Um, yeah, I think Georgie is up there. I would say probably Curbelo one. Yeah, true. Which you know everyone probably thinks. I, that. Yeah, I for some reason I just think of Curbelo <laughs> as a starter, but yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, then Hawkins at number two, or Georgie by Georgie two, Hawkins three, Grandison four, and then of course Tyler Underwood five. Oh, so glad! I'm so glad Underwood's back. Um, you know, we we really needed those those two minutes from him. I like you know, I like sending a message when you're playing that badly. Like I think there's a line. Can you send a message with anybody else though? But like, there's a line. Like it was so bad that I think you had to go. Worst player in the history of college basketball. Throw him out there. I was watching my buddy Quinn, and he he said, "You're playing D1 basketball in the Big Ten. There's no reason that a Tyler Underwood should be on the court." Ninety nine percent of the time, I think that I've said that on this podcast before. But there's a level and there's a line that when you're playing that badly, throw him in there for a minute, send a message. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't pull all the starters off and just have a bench like have Curbelo, Georgie. Underwood, Hamlin, and whoever else out there for the last 30 seconds or the last minute. Right. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but uh back to DeMonte, he did have two turnovers. Um he he had a terrible and you talked about the entry passes uh, a little bit. Had a really bad one to Kofi trying to throw an alley oop and I think it banged off the rim. And then Georgie also had one of those where it kind of hit the backboard or something. I don't like the the players just in the first half did not look like a number twelve team. Um, they they did not look good, 
it, it was bad. Um, but Georgie had solid minutes, put in 14 minutes, uh, took one shot, um, kind of a fadeaway hook kind of line drive thing, but it went in. Uh, he had uh, two rebounds and a block. Um, my biggest thing about Georgie is uh, he there's just nobody he can guard. He can't guard the bigs. He really can't guard the fours. So he he just seems to get scored on all the time. He has a hard time closing out on threes. Um, and it, it, I think that is his biggest liability is his defense. So um, I hope that he can figure that out because when he comes in and is, you know, giving Kofi some time on the bench to, to rest, uh, teams are taking advantage of him. So it happens every game. I don't think it's going to be fixed. I, well, I know it's not. I'm just saying it needs to be. It's not going to be fixed. It's uh, It's been 12 games. Season's almost halfway over. Never going to fix free throw shooting. Illinois shoot 76% last night. Yep. So, um, <laughs> well, that was a fluke. Yeah. Uh, Io, I, solid game. Nothing real crazy. I felt like he, uh, along with Kofi, was a big part of the, the resurgence in the second half. Um, he was, you know, being a team leader. Uh, at one point, he made all the guys slap the floor on defense, which you know you always like to see um, guys fired up. Uh, but Io has to stop turning the ball over so much. Um, he had four turnovers this game, um, but you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. I they just they get out of control too much, um, and and they got to figure that out, but. Uh, Illinois or Io made all his free throws. Just talked about you know free throw shooting, uh, sixteen of twenty one, so a, a lot better from last game. Uh, and then uh, last guy on the list um, because I'm not talking about Underwood or BBV, but BBV BBV Bosman Verdonk, uh, my boy is back. He got a minute in last night, maybe forty seconds, whatever it was. So uh, nice to see him back, but. Uh, Miller had 33 minutes this game, uh, probably the most he's played in a while. Uh, 5 of 12 from the field. Uh, I was shocked last night when we were talking on the old Zoom call that he put up 11 threes. Insane. Marshall, good lucks. Back off. You were the one saying at the beginning of the season that you owned to shoot and show some confidence, and he did. He did. I did, but I didn't realize it was 11. Um, well, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm not yeah, you- Eight to nine of those were good looks. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I think his defense. He put four of them in. What's that? 40%, 38%, something like that. It's in the 30s. But let's just put it this way. He's showing enough effort on defense. I agree. That I think he's going to play a lot. And he's been good. I mean, he's not making every play defensively. You don't expect him to. He came in as a playmaker, a scorer, shooter, all that stuff. And also – how many times are we going to see a ticky-tack foul? I mean, Northwestern probably flops more than any team we've seen this year. <laughs> Every shot, if there's any sort of contact after the shot, they fall. They mostly, had, most of the time they get the call. The only flop called last night, right? Frazier got called. Yeah, whatever. That's ridiculous. And also, like, there was a play where Nance, like, tripped and then flopped and then nothing happened and it was a foul on Miller. Yeah. What are we doing? He got called for, like, two ticky-tack BS calls. That I don't understand how they let that happen. Yeah. Tanner, how you doing, man? Thanks for stopping by. Uh, Tanner cuts hair. Shot today. looks bad. What? <laughs> you don't like his form? I don't know about that. He's got a slick shot. He's got a smooth, smooth lefty shot. Um, I like it. I shot. feel like he he does get out of control sometimes, though. He's a freshman. It he definitely takes time. shots that he shouldn't take, but. Uh, four, 14 points. Uh, if he keeps scoring the double digits, it's going to be good for Illinois. Um, and and like you said, his defense getting really, to play defense really showed up last night. So, and I'm glad he's not a player that uh just leaves the team for personal reasons. I'm glad that he's not doing that. Yeah. Some some you know big time recruits would if they're not the main guy right away. Right, so, right. Big ups, big um, ups. Yeah, but this game, uh, you know, any, anybody that watched it, like I said, it, this was a tale of two halves. Um, whatever team that was in the first half was not good. Um, the second half team was probably the best we've seen Illinois play this year. So, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, down 15 and a half, uh, ended, out, ended up outscoring Northwestern by 40 points in the second half. 53 to 13. 13, held them to 13 points. And for a while towards the end, they only had like eight points with like three minutes left. So two um, field goals. Yeah, two field goals. Um, yeah, they gave it. So Illinois gives up 43 points. Northwestern shoots 63% from ha- 63% in the first half. Um, and then the second half, they go two of 24 for a whopping 8%. Um, That's I, think, I think I could throw you out there against these guys and shoot better than that. But I don't know. I, it depends. <laughs> yeah. Um, depends the net, yeah. The it, it seemed like not, you know, not only was Illinois not shooting well, they couldn't get, they couldn't stop Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern was getting to do whatever they wanted that first half. Um, Illinois not closing out on threes like they do. Um, I, I talk about it all the time and it drives me crazy. Uh, I think uh, Northwestern had five threes in the first half. Um, and all of them seemed like they were pretty wide open. So, uh, but uh, in the second half, five Illinois players scored as many baskets as Northwestern did, which is, was only two, but still uh, pretty crazy. And uh, talking about defense, uh, Illinois holds Boo Booey to zero points on O of, what was he, O of six shooting? So, yeah. Before I get to my point about them shutting down top yeah, players. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about Miller. Too much forward motion? What does that even mean? Like, I don't I think, understand. I don't know what he's talking about. When he when he shoots, he's moving forward. I don't I don't think that's I don't, a terrible thing. But. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's something that you would say makes it look bad. I think you want to look about you want to look at a shot form that doesn't look good. Have you seen Io Desumu's shot? I mean. Yeah, his his rotation is fantastic. His it's not normal, not right? Fantastic, but you um, want to look at a shot form that looks good on the team, right? I think Demonte's shot looks pretty good. I think Fraser's yeah. shot looks pretty good. Yep, uh, and, I, and I think Georgie's form's actually kind of good too, but he just can't shoot it. I feel like Demonte's actually trying to put up more shots than usual. I mean, he took a couple last night that. Maybe wouldn't you, know, you don't wouldn't want you be confident if you were shooting that percentage from three? Absolutely. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah, so Illinois beats Northwestern 8156. Like you said, they held Boo Booey to zero points. Every single game of the Big Ten. Uh they have held basically the team's best player to a low amount of points. Marcus Carr, uh what's his face from uh that one team, Purdue. Uh, Trevion Williams, I guess, is the best player there. I don't really know. I guess Stefanovic yeah, is probably considered the best player, but neither of those guys really did that much damage. Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, Boo Booey, Northwestern. Um, the only team that didn't was Ron Harper Jr., even though they held him down pretty well in the first half. Couldn't do that for the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you, um, uh, yeah. I just, everybody, everybody I've talked to um, or seen on Twitter or whatever, is saying, man, I wonder what Underwood said uh, at halftime. Uh, apparently, they think that uh, Underwood really went at him. He did say that at halftime, I didn't say a lot. I was more disappointed in the way we chose to perform, and we chose to perform poorly. These guys were mad and upset at themselves. So, Do you think that's believable? I no, I don't believe it one bit. <laughs> the way that he went at them while out in the open during the game – uh, I think there's zero percent chance that this is how how it went. Um, they, you know, it's it's uh, it's quiet in the gym, and they said that you could hear Underwood uh, giving some choice words uh, out there. But I think that even if the it, the, it would have been full, that Underwood you would have been able to hear Underwood yelling at these guys. He's got a scary looking face whenever he yells. He man. is an angry man. I'd hate to be his kid. He should come on the podcast. He should. He should. We haven't even really ripped him this year, actually. I mean, I was going to rip him if they lost this game, but honestly, I texted, you, I texted you in the first half. It was not Underwood's fault in the first half. Right. Yeah, no, it was, it was all on the players. Yeah. The players were playing like they've never been on a basketball court before. And you can't blame Underwood for, for everything. I know a lot of times, you know, also, I got to say this before we get to the, the Maryland game. Sure. These people in all of sports that say – they don't want to win. They're clearly not trying. They don't want to win. 
What? I mean, come on. Yeah. That's the weakest criticism ever. Who the hell is playing a sport that doesn't want to win? Right. Unless you're, unless you're, I guess, tanking for the, a draft pick. This is college basketball, so <laughs> yeah, why not, the hell would they be playing? They're not tank, tanking. Io DeSumo came back and said that he wanted to win a national championship. So you're telling me that he just decided that he didn't want to win a game against an in-state rival and decided to not not play well so he didn't want to win? Mm-hmm. Why do people say that? Like, I clicked hashtag line I one time line, last man. night. Hashtag I clicked it one time, and the <laughs> first thing that I see is they don't want to win. Yeah. Brutal. The only thing I tweeted that was hashtag Illini was worst first half of the season. I think that's logical. I don't think, I think I I was at the line, didn't go over it, but everybody else is like, they don't want to win. They're not trying. I mean, they were, okay. I'm just glad you didn't tweet a few F bombs in there. They weren't, I don't tweet the F word. Okay. That's just not, that's poor taste. Um, But they weren't giving 100% effort. I think you could, that's fair to say. But they wanted to win. Who the hell is playing a sport and doesn't want to win? I don't understand why people think that. Whoever, by the way, whoever tweeted that has probably never played a sport in their entire life. So, also big news: John Rothstein, Illinois basketball. Here comes the pain. He put P A I N. I think next time, since the Illini Twitter account tweeted him and said you should do P A I G N. Sure. I think when he does that next time and then he gets a t-shirt, I'll buy the t-shirt immediately if that ever uh, happens, hey, but you know that's trademarked by somebody already. He he didn't come up with that himself. That's not like I've never yeah, seen anybody tweet that. Michael Hammer's nails or whatever. Pounding nails, whatever it is. And uh I know you love John. West Virginia uh-huh. is like Tougher than a weekend at your in-laws or something. I got. I'm looking. That one's good. That one's good. I'm looking up his t-shirts because I want to see all the slogans. John Rothstein, play the hits. Play the hits. That's how you buy. Stay positive. Test negative. Negative is a big one. Some of these are so stupid. Greg Gard, silent assassin. Some people have hobbies. I watch college basketball. Mm-hmm. Baylor basketball, the original renovation. Man, these are perfect shirts to wear during the uh, tournament. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, pull this up on the screen so everyone can see what I'm looking at. Unless, so, of course, you're watch, you're listening to this later, and then you wouldn't be able to see this. Yeah. Uh, Greg Gard, Silent Assassin, Virginia basketball, thing of beauty. You know, Chris Beard, fully loaded. West Virginia, tougher than a weekend at your in-laws. I mean, these are – this is very well done by Mr. Rossi. Over there, good, yes. I'm not a big fan of Bring the Pain. I mean, I'm I mean, a fan of it. I just don't think that. At least we get one. Hopefully, there's a shirt on it. Will you get the shirt? I don't know. Thirty bucks for a Rothstein shirt. Got a House of Pain shirt. Yeah, but this is Rothstein, okay? This, I, is, this is the big time. I'm, I'm good. Wow. <laughs> You're a hater of John Rothstein. That is I'm not a hater. Sounds like it. Jealousy, I think they call it. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll move on to the next thing, which is the sure. Maryland game. Sure. Illinois, Maryland, Sunday, game time, 7 o'clock, watch party, 640. I think we're doing it. I hope we do. I don't know. It's up yeah, to you. Hopefully I don't get sick this week. Well, good luck. Uh, 640 pregame. Game starts at 7, Sunday night. Illinois, Maryland. This is a, uh, this is, you know, a kind of like a, what was I going to say? Oh my God, I'm losing my train of thought. I got so many things in front of me, but this is what I also saw. $30 for a tee. I agree that's a little much. John Rothstein tee, though. Did you not hear Ethan? That's true. That's another part. I wonder if you had to pay for shipping. That'd be interesting if, uh, <clears throat> if that was the case. Um, this is a revenge game for Illinois. The two games they played against Maryland last year should have been wins. I mean, if we're being honest about it. The first game, they had a lead like the entire game. Blew that. Second game, they were up big in the first half, fell apart. And this team has shown an ability to finish more often than the previous two teams with Io DeSumo on them. 
Uh, Maryland, both games they couldn't finish. Um, you know, this time they should be able to finish the game. The, the script Maryland was a lot. It was a different team. Last yeah, they lost their two best players. Yeah. So uh, let's look at has the metrics. I don't have a graphic on this for the screen, but it's on in front of me. This what is the doing? I just didn't feel like adding that many. It seems a little ridiculous. Uh, this is before Thursday night because Maryland and Illinois both played last night, I think. Right. Did Maryland play? I don't know. I don't yeah. think they did. No. Did they? I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know. They played sometime this week. Didn't they beat Wisconsin this week or whatever? Or last they, week or something? I don't know. Did they beat Wisconsin this week? No, they beat Wisconsin like first game of the Big Ten or something. I thought that was like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'll i find it. You go ahead and tell the Hasl- metrics. Uh, overall, Maryland 35, Illinois 5. Offensive efficiency, Illinois is kind of slipping. Um, 13th for Maryland, 15th for Illinois. So Illinois dropped out of the top 10 in offensive efficiency. So hopefully they can uh, bring that back. It doesn't surprise me that they are, but, um, you know, defensive efficiency, Maryland is 70th, Illinois fourth. So that's not close. Uh, And what do you think about Illinois being ranked fourth in defensive efficiency? You got any, any thoughts on that? I think when they actually play defense, they're really good. But I feel like they go – last night they went 20 minutes without playing. Usually they go like 5 to 10. So um, Maryland beat Wisconsin on December 28th. Yeah, that's not that long ago. It's only 11 days. Yeah. So uh, Maryland's taking a step back after losing Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith. Uh, last season, which sucks because I think that that Maryland team had a chance to. Uh... Oh yeah, Maryland played Iowa last night. How the hell did we forget that? I don't know. I'm losing track of days. I was busy, and I should have known that. But uh, I should have known that. Whatever. I whatever. What was I saying? Something. Yeah, I was. The Maryland team had a great core. I think they had a chance to make a run last year. Yeah. They made a little bit of a run the year before that, but. Uh, that was a team that really uh, – it kind of sucked to see what happened to them, and they couldn't play in the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. Seton Hall was another one of those teams, but Maryland was one with two players. Seton Hall, you're looking at Miles Powell, you want to see him play in the tournament again. Maryland had two guys you wanted to see in the tournament again. Right. Michigan State did as well. So they're one of the teams that got really uh, jobbed Job. by the coronavirus. Not As did us two, by the way. I mean, oh, okay. we, we definitely did. Okay. So I was we did. We, we had great content pumped out, ready to go. I agree. Working on the, the B word for 10 months, two months, whatever. I can't say bracketology openly yet until February. <laughs> People that are doing brackets right now are idiots. I mean, I saw one today. I think it was on Fox. And, you know, big ups to this guy for having the stones to even do one of these in January because there's really no point. Yeah. Uh, but he had Clemson as a two seed. It's like, what? Clemson is like, they're 19th in the AP, which really doesn't matter. They're nine and one. They don't really have any great wins. I think they, they beat uh, Maryland. Congrats. Wow. Like, what is Clemson in the net rankings right now? I have it right here in front of me, and I'm going to tell you when I scroll up to it. Who was this guy? I can't remember his name, but he's doing it on FS. Uh, Fox College Hoops or whatever. Clemson is 16th. There's no way in hell they get a two seed at 16 in, in the net. Let's have high hopes for the <clears throat> ACC this year. Illinois is much more worthy of a two seed than Clemson. And I don't even know if Illinois is worthy agree. of a two seed with three losses right now, even though they're good losses. But people will be like, nine and three, how are they not a two seed over nine and one? Clemson, nine and one. What is this guy stuck in like 1996 where it's record only and whatever? Jeez. Uh, anyway, Anywho. as they say in the business, so let's move forward. Three Terps averaging double figures. Eric Ayala, who we've seen multiple times, averaging 14 points. Dante Scott, 12. Aaron Wiggins, 11. So they still have a core of good players. They don't have their great players, which was Cowan and Smith last year, but whatever. Um, I can't wait to go over all of this. This will be fun. Uh, by the way, Maryland is one in five. What? The numbers we care about. 
these are a lot of numbers, and it's going to be hard to get through <laughs> all this. But uh, Maryland is one and five to start Big Ten play, while the uh, Illini are five and one. So it's been a rough go for the Terps, but uh, not, not great. Yeah, they score 72 points a game. They give up 66. Illinois scores 85 points, gives up 69, which is nice. Uh, rebounds per game, Maryland 34, Illinois 42. Assists, the fact that Illinois is beating a team in assists, I mean, props. They've been getting better at it. Uh, Maryland 13 assists per game, Illinois 17. Uh, blocks, Maryland 3, Illinois 2. Steals, Maryland 4, Illinois 5. Uh, turnovers, which is where Illinois is never going to be ahead of a Big Ten team because they turn the ball over like it's nobody's business. Uh, Maryland down 13.8. Well, how many did they have last night in the second half? Four. 15 overall. Yeah. I mean, you have 11 turnovers in the first half you finish with 15. I mean, you got to take that. I will take that. And one of them was really bad, but we won't go into that, uh, which they were all pretty bad, actually. But uh, yeah. turnovers per game, Maryland 10, Illinois 13. I think I just said that. Field goal percentage, Maryland 47, Illinois 52. So advantage, Illinois. They also have the advantage by far in three-point percentage, Maryland 36, Illinois 41. Free throws, Maryland 68.3, Illinois 68.1. So they barely have meds there. Neither team is very good at uh, free throws, which is what they are. They're free. Um, and then the streak is Maryland has lost three in a row. Illinois won four in a row. So, yeah, and also, you think Bill Walton is ever going to call an Illinois game again? Not this season, but next season? I don't know. And I transitioned to Bill Walton because I saw him on ESPN last night, and uh, he was saying a lot of, uh, you know, crazy stuff. Things. He wasn't paying attention to the score. He got the score wrong like four times. He's like, Arizona State's in a ton of trouble here when they were down by two with like a minute left. And then, of course, on SportsCenter, they have him talking about what happened at the Capitol, so I'm glad we get his informed opinion. We get the informed opinion of a hippie on that. That's really good. I like that. But um, moving right along, uh, Maryland's schedule, them being, uh, you know, uh, five and – or six and six on the year. Their wins are over Old Dominion, Navy, Mount St. Mary, St. Peter's, LaSalle, and Wisconsin. So really one good win out of six. Yeah. Um, and that win was by six. And it's the Big Ten. So you never know what's gonna happen. Uh they lost to Clemson, Rutgers, Purdue, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa. So very respectable losses. I mean, you have Clemson's ranked but overrated, according to the guy from Fox who had them at his 2C, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Rutgers is good. Purdue's a solid squad. Michigan is apparently like the Big Ten juggernaut right now. I know that they got off to a really hot start last year, uh, and I know you and I have kind of had questions about them because of their schedule. They keep winning, and they're beating the hell out of teams. So mm-hmm. we'll see when they really get into it. I don't know. Uh, Indiana's a solid team, and Iowa's one of the best in the Big Ten. So they have good losses, but um, – you know, we'll see if they uh, bring their best to Illinois. I mean, they're lo- they're on a losing streak. They have a pretty veteran team. You think they'd try to bounce back? We'll see what happens. But uh, you know, you look at their starting lineup. They have a couple of upper three upperclassmen in that lineup. One of which really doesn't even play that much, but he has started most of their games. Um, their guards, Aaron Wiggins. 6'6", 200, junior, averaging 11, 5, and 3. Eric Ayala, 6'5", 195, junior, averaging 14, 2, and 2. Hakeem Hart, 6'6", 200, sophomore, averaging 9, 2, and 1. Dante Scott, 6'7", 225, sophomore, averaging 12, 7, and 1. And then uh, Galen Smith, or Gallon Smith, or however the hell you say his name, uh, 6'9", 240, senior, 4 points, 2 rebounds, no assists. He only plays like 11 to 15 minutes, so... And this just tells me right here, this is a Kofi game. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a feed the ball to Kofi game. Um, Which is basically every game in the Big Ten except for Rutgers, probably Michigan, and Iowa, even though you can still do it. They just won't do it every time. Right. Um, Yeah. Just get the ball to Kofi. Make good entry passes. Um, Kofi did have another nice move last night, doing the little move through the lane with a nice baby hook. So, yeah. he, he's he's getting better every game, and he should dominate games like this. There's still, like, situations where I really wish he would just dunk the damn thing. Right. Like, he does that little lay-in right over the top. I mean, he's going to make those most of the time, but I why not just slam it? 
there's a lot of times where he could just dunk instead of just doing what he does. So I don't know. Uh, anyway, as I mentioned at the beginning, watch party on Sunday night of this game, pregame at 6.40, game time. 7 o'clock will be live on all three of these platforms once again. You can join us there. We'll be uh, talking about the game, you know, PG-13 rated, no cuss words yeah. unless they lose. PG-17. Is that a thing? 16. MA-17. If that's the thing, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care enough to know how that works. Um, but yeah, six forty will be live, assuming that it's not canceled like the last two. Okay. And we like to do more of these after the Maryland game. Yeah. What? We're looking to do more. Your microphone is very quiet, by the way. Anyway. Good. Yeah, you're like uh, relaxing. Apparently, seems like you're well, I was. It, the, it was your time to shine, so I'm sorry. My bad. You're gonna pull a red dead. <laughs> I used to I used to kind of just doze off whenever we didn't do video versions of the podcast. Whenever you were doing all your notes of six pages of notes for one game and we'd review two games in one episode, the episode would be six hours long. But that's just the way that goes. Uh prediction wise, what do you got? Uh, I got everybody knows. Oh, it's backwards. I got Illinois winning this game 81 to 67. Um, hopefully they, uh, come out and actually show up and maybe they'll score a hundred. I don't know, but yeah, I'm going to go 78, 63. It's impossible to tell how many points Illinois is going to score in a game. I mean, they're averaging 85 a game and they haven't scored more than 80. Last couple games. Eight and a half. Or I guess so. yesterday they scored 81, but that didn't even feel like it. No. I mean, the fact that they scored 28 in the first half and ended up with 81 in a Big Ten game is like unreal. That's like playing Chicago State type stuff. <laughs> right. Or 53 13 in the second half. But right. Yeah, that's uh and I was I watched part of Chris Collins post game, and some of these questions he's getting are just so stupid. This one guy was like saying, like, uh is this the hardest year in the Big Ten for big men? It's like, did they not have all the same guys except for Dickinson plus Oturu and Teske at Michigan and uh, what's-his-face, Tillman? Like, big men in the Big Ten last year were better than this year. And he's saying, like, we didn't know this last year. And that's what Colin said. He's like, well, these like the last two years, you know, Jalen Smith was at Maryland too, so mm-hmm. – it's really good again, but last year was better. So I don't know why they were posing the question like this is like the first time ever that the Big Ten has like a million great picks. Like, right. no, it's not. So, uh, yeah, but uh, pretty large collapse by Northwestern. Chris Collins took it well, though. He said Illinois was a great team. So he said what I would tell him to say. <laughs> All right, let's go around the Big Ten and uh, discuss what's going on in the Big Ten. Speaking of Chris Collins, speaking of Northwestern, they are sliding. They started out 3-0, three straight losses, and they didn't only lose. They lost by a lot in these games. They lost to Iowa by, I think, 15. They lost to Michigan by 19, Illinois by 20, 21, 20, what was it? Trying to do math. I don't know. 24, 81-56. Is that what the score was? Yep. Yeah. 24. 25. Jesus. <laughs> Forgot to add the one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. 12. There's 12 Big Ten teams in the top 51 still in the net. Remember, the net fluctuates a lot. And the fact that it's even a thing right now is really stupid. But Fluctuate after every game. Is that correct? Every day, I think, which is okay. whenever I do my uh, B word this year, um, I'm not going to make it as detailed because I can't just go through the net every single day and update quad wins and all that stuff. It, way too much work uh, when nobody pays attention to it for the most part. Anyway, countdown to March Madness starting about one and a half months from now. So be there uh, or be square. We'll probably do a stream of it on here. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know how that'll go. Uh, Michigan is third now. So they're climbing. Tennessee yeah. losing. Villanova hasn't played because of their – Issues in the Big East, I guess, with the uh, the virus, as they say. Illinois fifth, second in the Big Ten overall. Iowa sixth. Wisconsin ten, and then there's a massive drop off. Minnesota thirty three, Ohio State thirty four, Rutgers thirty six, Maryland thirty seven, Penn State thirty nine, Indiana forty five, Purdue forty seven, Northwestern fifty one. So Northwestern didn't move at all after that game. 
So my, I guess my question is Penn state's like on indefinite leave or whatever, whatever's going on. Do you not move if you don't play? They didn't move, so I don't. I guess uh, interesting because I what they what the committee say you only have to play thirteen games. Yeah, well, Penn State did go from thirty eight to thirty nine, but only okay. one spot. Drop one spot drop. Um, I don't know. I think first of all, the Big Ten takes up five of the ten spots in the thirty through thirty nine, or five of the nine spots. So that's pretty insane. Plus four of the top ten spots. Also insane. But um, I don't know why Northwestern didn't move. That's interesting to me. But uh, Michigan State was 118 on Tuesday, and now they're 84th after just beating the brakes off of Rutgers. And Rutgers had a really bad game in that one. They uh, they could have played a lot better, and they didn't. They only scored 45 points, probably their worst night shooting. And Michigan State took advantage, and that's a win that Michigan State needs because I think – a couple weeks from now, Michigan's going to be inside the top 50 of the net. I'm surprised they were 84th based on they have some good losses. 84th just seems a little bit extreme because I think Michigan State is better than Northwestern, even though they lost to them. I would take Michigan State down the stretch, and I would take them probably over Maryland, Penn State as well, yeah. and Indiana, Purdue probably. Michigan State's kind of like Kentucky this year. Not this year's Kentucky, but other Kentucky teams. Not the best Kentucky teams, but like mm-hmm. the middle-ranked Kentucky teams, the ones that start out really slowly, they lose to some good teams, and then they find it and they compete for the conference. I don't think Michigan State's going to be able to compete for the conference Absolutely. unless they teams start losing around them. Sure. But uh, they're going to be in the top 50 of the net, I think, before you know it. And then Nebraska, 178. Are they even in the Big Ten at this point? Who cares? <laughs> They're not even close to anybody else, which right, not surprising. Uh, seven Big Ten teams remain in the AP Top 25. My question with that is, how is Michigan State 23rd in the AP, which is a 61-spot difference between the AP and the net? Like, that just seems extreme. Now, I know there's different formulas for the net, and they try to – like, the net is like the extremist metric. The AP is like the – 85-year-old that doesn't watch that fills out a poll and just thinks about blue bloods the whole time and probably wants Kentucky in the top 25 right now. That is how the AP is. And the middle yeah. is, of course, my top 30. Thank you. Exactly. The the real. Which the real. I have Michigan State at 24. I'm going to drop them down. Oh. I was going to drop them down. But Big Ten bias, um, if they wouldn't have beaten Rutgers, I, they wouldn't even be in my top 30 for Monday. Mm-hmm. next Monday, but now they're going to be staying where they are. Um, I just don't understand. Like, if you look at the net rankings, like Michigan State, you know, 0-3 in quad one probably hurts them, but 2-0 and in quad two, I don't know. I don't know the either. fact they haven't won a quad one game is probably what kills them because Northwestern has. But here's my other thing. Indiana and Purdue are 0-4 each in quad one, and they're 45-47. and 47. Yeah. What are we doing? There are five <laughs> lost teams. I don't know. The guys that make this stuff up, I who knows? I guess, you know, Indiana being four and one in quad two, Purdue three and one versus two and oh, still not a big enough difference to convince me that they should be in the top 50 and Michigan State shouldn't be. Just me. How right. much does eye test factor in the net rings? I wonder if it does it all this year. I heard that the committee was going to be thinking about eye test yeah. more. Yeah supposed to be right because if a team only plays 13 games how would you even consider them to get in yeah you know you know who's going to benefit from my test that could go from like at the end of the year being like a four to a three or a three to a two is that team back there Illinois yeah the committee's gonna look at them and be like oh boy look at these guys back there why don't you just point to your shirt it's a hell of a that's a hell of a team there. Maybe we should make them a two seed instead of a three seed. I agree. I Did you see that second half against Northwestern? Kidding me? Did you see the last twelve minutes against Purdue or yeah. the second half against Indiana or yeah. the first half against Baylor? They were in that game. When was the last time they played a complete game? Have they? Duke. Duke. Mm. Duke was dominant start to finish. Duke had a chance in that yeah. game. I mean, you look at all the big things. Minnesota slow start killed them. 
Uh, Rutgers, great start, terrible second half. Why? There's always like a Big Ten game that I just forget. I don't know why. Penn State, bad start, great finish. Uh, Indiana, bad start, great finish. Purdue, average start, bad middle, great finish. Mm -hmm. And then this game, did I forget one in between? I'm losing it. No, I'm not. Indiana? Shane. North, I already said Indiana. Northwestern, terrible first half, great second half. So, yeah. one complete game. Okay. Let's just put it like this before we move but on. Their average margin of victory this year is like 17 points or something. I mean, they ended up winning that Minnesota game by 27. And it should have been like 35, but whatever. Uh, they've played three complete games this entire season out of the 10, out of the 12. Duke, Chicago State, North Carolina A&T. And do those even count? Not really. Negative. Ohio, very up and down that entire game. Baylor, great first half in terms of who you're playing, and second half was iffy. So you got to start finishing games, playing complete games. They're Ooh. finishing games. You got to start completing, playing right. great first halves, getting a 20-point lead on Iowa in the first half. Please do that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Hunter Dickinson. What a freshman he is. He's definitely going to be freshman of the year. I mean, there's no way he's not. Yeah. Nobody's even close. I said Adam Miller would do it, but I hope it's not my fault that Iowa and Kofi came back and he doesn't get as much of a – I hope a he doesn't chance. want to stick around too long. Dickinson? Yeah. I think he'll be three years. I think. I mean, Michigan is un- – I mean, they're really good this year. They got two five-stars and three four-stars coming in next year. Uh, Michigan's going to be a fit for for some time, and they just absolutely pummeled Minnesota this week. As did Illinois. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, you just said Illinois had bad five minutes or whatever. Michigan looked had a complete game. They probably could have beat them by forty. So, so anyways, <laughs> uh. Beeline, can you believe that he left Michigan? Man, what a stupid move that was. <laughs> he leaves Michigan and then spends half a season with the Cleveland Cavaliers and then is done. I mean, what a that's one of the worst mistakes ever. I'm gonna try it. Nobody should ever want to jump to the NBA level when you have something that good in college, especially this day and age, because coaching in the NBA doesn't even come close to mattering as much as it does in college. And uh, the whole recruiting thing. That's why, just to go completely and totally off topic for a second, that's why Urban Meyer going to the NFL makes no sense because his strength is recruiting more than anything, and you don't do that in the NFL. Anyway, uh, Hunter Dickens is averaging 18 points and eight rebounds, 73% shooting, 7-1-255. He's going to be a great matchup for Kofi. Not in terms of easy, but like the matchup, he's going he's gonna to suit up well. Yeah, he just, but he can handle the ball too, which is a big difference from Kofi. He seems a step slow, but uh, well, he's going to be the most formidable matchup for yeah. Kofi in the Big Ten next to Garza. Sure, not really defensively for Garza, but slowing them down on the other end. And then Dickinson, I haven't really watched him play that much, but he's got to be a better defender than Garza, right? Got to be. Mm-hmm. Can't be that hard to be worse. I'm probably better. I don't even play defense. Um, so Dickens is going to run away with Big Ten freshman of the year. Jawan Howard, he's definitely not cheating as much as Penny Hardaway, but you never know. Uh, eight teams from the Big Ten were in my top 30, which is the most important one that matters. from this week. So there you go with that. Uh, let's move on now to the real fun stuff, talking to transfers. Yeah, um, we haven't really talked much about – I mean, you brought up Shibway uh, last week, a uh, big announcement. Um, he was having a Zoom today with Illinois, I think, I believe it's 7 o'clock tonight. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, according to Twitter and everybody else, uh, he has to go to an Adidas school. I don't know what that has to do with anything. But, uh, I remember Illinois offered him, and he visited in 2018. Yes. Yeah. Was he a five-star or a four-star? I think he was a five-star. I don't know if he was a f- I Honestly, I'm not sure. We're going to find this out right now. I'm actually going to. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, something with, you know, we've talked about uh, 
handlers and whatever, and you know, something to do with his AA school or AAU team. Um, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, I hope that's not exactly true, but I hope that they show him nothing but uh, Curbelo throwing lobs to Kofi during this Zoom call and showing him how good he could be playing with Curbelo. So. Yeah, he's 26 nationally coming out in the class of 2019. Number four center. Uh, it says 6'8", 230. He's got to be bigger than that by now, right? Probably, I would say. Uh, and then you look Probably at least here, 6'10". <laughs> he visited on September 21st, 2018, and he got an offer from Illinois. So, yeah. if you're looking at Adidas schools here. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying he's Rutgers is an Adidas school. Going to Miami, but I don't know if Miami's an Adidas school. I don't really. They didn't offer him. Miami? Yeah. They didn't offer him whenever he came out. Well, that's good. I don't think that really matters anymore. It doesn't matter, but I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, you look at, he's probably thinking, and here's another thing that I saw from Fran Frashilla, who I think is on ESPN, right, or something like that. Uh, he liked Shubway as a kid at West Virginia, but he's reasonably sure that there was tampering going on. But that would just make it a Tuesday in college basketball with Derek Culver's improvement, little space for him inside. Not sure what all that means, but some uh, weird things must have gone down there at the old WVU in the great state of West Virginia. Kids want more time. I don't know. Very uh, interesting stuff there. And uh, Illinois, they're making – Top eights. Yeah. Oh, um, they're, they're probably not going to get any of these guys, but they're making them. No. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, also five star Namari Burnett uh, has has entered the portal from Texas Tech. Um, he's leaving Texas Tech. Illinois was in his final 12 when he came out of high school and uh, he played at Morgan Park and then played at Prolific right. Prep with Coleman Hawkins. Now, that so, is interesting. So uh, word on the streets is that there's interest from both sides um, and that Illinois has been in contact. So uh, I think he's a pretty good guard. Uh, his, shot, 195. his shot is not the greatest, but his defense is really good from what I've been told. So Yeah, they offered him when he came out. And yeah. so he played at Morgan Park? He, I believe so, yes. Because they're talking about him coming home. So. He's from Chicago. He's, uh, I mean, this is a situation where he was a McDonald's All-American, a five-star coming out. Uh, The fact that he played with Hawkins and is from Chicago, on top of the fact that he played at Morgan Park and he was teammates with Io, which that's not going to factor that much because Io's not going to be here next year. But Io could be like, hey. Placing Io. Yeah. Well, you know. I thought that's what we had Adam Miller for. But. The thing is, Io could steer him in the right direction. You know, hey, it's a pretty yeah. good school. You should well, go there. Already, like I said, he already played with Coleman Hawkins, so they were teammates. So. You look at the rotation that they could have next season with him if he comes in. I mean, you know, Curbelo, Miller, Burnett, uh, Hawkins, Georgie, are DeMonte, yeah, are DeMonte and Frazier actually going to come back? I don't know how that whole thing works. I think understand. they will. I don't know why they – why wouldn't you? I just don't know if that's real because, like, nobody talks about it except for the random Illinois people. I'm pretty sure it's real. I'm pretty sure they've said that this year's a free year for everybody. They're going to have a lot of guards, though. Yeah, they will. Like, so. uh, uh, Goody's coming in, too. Yeah. He's not going to play very much at all. If he comes next year and they get this transfer, I, yeah, I think Goody still needs to put on some some pounds. He's yeah, a little weak, but uh, don't you think we're all set though on twenty twenty one class if they are able to land at least Burnett or Shubway? I mean, I think so. I think that would be I think that would be a big pickup, and you know the who knows what the transfer transfer portal is going to bring after this season because everybody automatically gets a waiver next season. So I, I think that we're going to see a lot more um, after this year than we've ever seen. Let's hope nobody from Illinois transfers. 
Yeah, let's hope. Um, and just because I said his name, uh, Austin Hutcherson, we did miss it last podcast. I don't know how, but uh, January 1st, they announced that he is out indefinitely for the season. Um, he has a back, what I say he had? I don't remember. Man, that's terrible. Bone spur or something in his back. Anyway, so he's out uh, for the year. So Keep talking about it. Hang on. What do you want me to say? The big hurt, big hurt for Illinois, I think. But he'll be back. Just um, out for the season. There you go. He uh, he he's supposed to be back. Uh, he's staying in LA, so he's not even with the team and uh, trying to work that out. So very good. Uh, so Burnett was averaging five points and a rebound in twelve games, uh, and he's playing seventeen minutes a game at Texas Tech. Shoot 28% from the field. His shot's not very good. 17% from three, but 89% from the free throw line. How about that? Hey, there you go. He's got a lot of eligibility left if he comes here or if he goes wherever he goes. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to be the most ties that a transfer's ever had to one team. Right. (laughs) That's what I thought. Morgan Park, where Miller and Io played. Yep. or where they're from, or whatever that whole thing is. <laughs> um, Coleman Hawkins, prolific prep, just randomly goes there in California. Right. From Chicago, I mean. Yeah, maybe he's homesick. Let's come closer to home. Then he should go to DePaul. Ouch. They're an up-and-coming club. I heard they're on a lot of people's top eight. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Illinois has – we haven't talked about this. Uh, uh, we were supposed to talk about it two episodes ago, and then you never wrote anything down, so I went ahead and did it this time. Um, they've made a couple uh, Class of 22's uh, Final Eight. Uh, Grady Dick was one of them, five-star. He's going to Kansas. Shooter, yeah. Uh, he Also in his top eight is Kansas and Baylor. He's from so, Kansas. I think it just makes too yeah. much sense. I agree. I agree. Um, and then the other one, uh, Maddie Traor, I want to say. Um, he's six eleven power forward. I believe he's a three star. He uh, also has Kansas in his top eight, along with Oregon, and then Ramel Lloyd Jr. is a four star top sixty prospect who also has Baylor, Rutgers, and Nebraska. I don't know why. Um, in his top eight, so um, yeah. and then the last thing I got for you, just because I know how much you love. Penny over there in Memphis, uh, they did offer AJ Casey. Uh, the I think the end of December. So if he goes to Memphis, I'm quitting. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, 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 can, can land. You're, That'd be another huge get for under. You're playing in the American Athletic Conference. Like, who the hell wants to do that? Seriously, if they were like in the Big East or something, I'd have a little more respect. But Jesus, everybody that we want to come to Illinois does. So I don't know how they get five stars. I mean, there's no way in hell they're not cheating on half of those. I mean, come on, the whole James Wiseman thing went down. Mm-hmm. They aren't that good. It's embarrassing. I don't know. Maybe we should get Penny on the show, pick his brain about cheating one on one and recruiting. <laughs> Oh boy. I think so, that's it. That's all I got. I got some ribs on the smoker that I'm getting ready to go check on. So hope Maybe everybody should, enjoys their weekend. Yeah, I should carry out this podcast like 20 more minutes. And you better not, and I'll leave. <laughs> but What's yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys Sunday. Um, I think I said this last time we were supposed to do this. I had a lot of fun in the first one. Um, hopefully, uh, Hopefully I'm feeling fine. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe hopefully these ribs don't make me sick. <laughs> Jeez. Well, we'll see what happens. I got, uh, a, I got a great new shirt that I'm excited to wear for the game too. So, well, that's good. Then that should motivate you to to do this. I, you know, not I'm not motivated. Couldn't get out of bed. Literally couldn't get out of bed. Michael Jordan played an NBA Finals game with food poisoning. So I didn't want to come over. I there believe it's called the. The Michael Jordan food poisoning game. Is that, yeah, I believe that's what it was called. 
the fact that it was called flu game is a misrepresentation and <laughs> not true. True. So, there you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Episode 44 will be next Monday or Tuesday. I'm assuming uh, some Tuesday. point. Yeah, probably Tuesday, a couple days after the game, we'll talk about whatever's up and coming, which I don't even know the schedule. i got to pull that up now so I can make a smooth transition into the future uh, games. They'll play Nebraska Wednesday, so we'll we'll be doing a podcast the day before the game against Nebraska, and then I'm assuming we'll probably do next Friday as well to preview the Ohio State game, which is on Saturday, and then we'll rotate again next Tuesday to preview the game next Wednesday against Penn State, all that good stuff. Uh, they got the times for those next four games. So we'll talk about all that. Uh, we'll see you Sunday night, hopefully, for the watch party. And then Tuesday, episode 44. We're going to keep this setup going, all that good stuff. Make sure you comment. You'll get your comment on the screen. That's all you got to do. And we'll see you next Tuesday, episode 44. Halfway to 88 next Tuesday, by the way. So see you. <laughs>